what's up everybody it's judith a culpe listening to mad love if i sound subdued it's because i am i am super tired my mom was up from probably 11 30 p.m to 5 30 a.m and just relentless making tons of noise you know being relatively aggressive and we'd have a conversation about going to bed and literally she'd just open the door right back up and head back out so thankfully she doesn't wander anywhere she's definitely afraid of being outside but she waters all over the condo <sighs> the yawns i get today i am really tired i it's not funny i don't have any jokes of, i am really over this and i this is the last straw for me my sleep you know taking up all my time uh all of the other things that go into caregiving that's one thing but really cutting into my sleep is like nah that is that is where i draw the line you know and i'm already going to be sleep challenged because of my age so there's all kind of hormonal things going on that are going to make it difficult to be asleep anyway and then for her to just be like on 10 like really on 100 and there needs to be some solutions. So check it out. I have found a very cool writing tool that's helping me, some AI that's helping me put together really good articles. Please check them out there on madlovepodcast.com. Go to thoughts and you'll see um, the numbers. So, you know, I don't, I do this uh, stream of consciousness. I don't do a lot of research and then hop on the podcast. So I don't always have the numbers or the facts. I'm just telling you you know, general broad-based terms, but um, a couple of those articles have the numbers and they're alarming that it's going to be a really, really difficult, tedious uh, chore to make sure all these people get care and no one's training people at home. So like, what am I supposed to do? She's not sleeping. I put her in the hospital. Well, one good thing has happened since the hospital. Well, two good things. Uh, the, the medicine they gave her keeps her calm. She it does, The side effect is sleeping, but it keeps her calmer so she's not raging when she's wide awake for hours. But also, it's gotten all these people off my back about, well, just take her to the hospital. All of these services will kick in when you go to the hospital. And since nothing happened, I don't have to listen to those speeches anymore. And that's that's a relief because I just had so many people coming at me like, well, take her to the hospital. Social workers will just show up and help you. And I'm like, dude, I had to beg just to have a conversation with the social worker. And basically, if my mom doesn't have a stroke or break her arm or some other kind of health thing, she can't go in the hospital with just dementia and expect to get any help, which sounds strange. And I don't know if it's just her hospital. I'm, t- I'm tending to doubt it if the system she in, she's in is like that. But I'm telling you, these insurance companies have wrangled themselves out of the dementia business because they can see that I think it's going to be something like one in three people over... I think... I Don't let me get started with speculating. The articles are up on uh, madlovepodcast.com. Um, I'm going to really put some high-quality content up there I think it's important. I can't just talk the talk anymore. This is this is going to be a lot of people's lives, you know. And I, 
my life was taken over by dementia last year. So this podcast was taken over by dementia last year. And this year is all about a, a solution and, and more, you know, what our options are going to be in terms of placing her someplace where they can be up all night with her. Cause I cannot be doing this. I, I can't, I won't do this. And I don't feel bad. I've given everything I have to her. And me and my mom had a, you know, we weren't best friends or anything. We had as close a relationship as you can have with someone like her, with her personality. She's a bit of a narcissist and um, a little unwilling to meet you where you are. You know, she just, if it was too complicated, she wasn't going to bother herself with the details of your situation. And, um, you know, I know this is hard for her. She hates being old. She hates not being able to do things for herself. And she hates everything about this. But she didn't plan anything. And, uh, you know, that's this is what it looks like. So, I don't know. I'm really tired. Also, I was watching that football game last night. That young man, wow. I immediately knew he wasn't concussed by the way he fell. Because he was knocked out when he went to the ground. And, you know, that's one thing that I noticed. Listen, I get it. I can be grim. I've seen a lot of shit in the last five years that's not, it's not pleasant. (laughs) And I see enough of it that I don't deliver it with kid gloves. I call it like I see it. That kid looked like he died on the field. And if he did, they wouldn't tell us. No one would be like, yeah, a football player died in the beginning of a football game. No one would say that because it's depressing. Um, but I also, and I pray for him and his family, and I hope he's okay. He has a long recovery if he's not okay. Um, you know, if he, uh, yeah, it's the heart is no joke. They did CPR on him for 10 minutes. That's not good. And, I mean, the reality is he may be brain dead. You can't go without oxygen that long. So then I've got people on Facebook like, oh, this happened in hockey. Chris Pronger got hit. He's fine. He's, I'm like, listen, you all can see things however you want to see them. And this is what I realize. People have an, an inexplicable need to be positive. You know what I mean? And I guess I come off like an inexplicable need to be negative, but it's not negative. It's just I've seen a lot and uh, people die. People die all the time. But when when people see the truth, they have a really weird way of being like, oh, it'll be okay." Really? Will it be okay? Even if he let's say he is not brain dead. Let's say that he is okay. His recovery is going to be long and arduous if he ever fully recovers. He might have had some sort of birth defect that nobody knew about. You just don't know. So I guess I shouldn't be so relentlessly um, realistic, which I hate that word, but they shouldn't be so relentlessly naive either. That's how you keep getting people voting for the same folks that are ineffectual. That's how you get people uh, who get up and go and pretend like crimes aren't happening in certain places. You know, it's weird. It's very weird. One of these dudes I'm thinking of as a guy I used to work with, which is funny because I think because we were at a university, I think people assumed uh, he he's Asian and they assumed he was a Democrat and liberal, but he's not. 
at all. And he was one of the people that made me realize, oh, Asian people aren't always Democrats. In fact, most of the Asians I met and know and worked with were Republican. And they were low-key about it, too. They were super conservative. And he's one of those. And I'm not bringing that up for any other reason. But he has a way of seeing the world that I don't see the world the way he sees it. But, you know, he was always cool at work. I didn't have any issues with him, but it's like, you guys, you saw it for yourself. Stu went down like a sack. You know, he's 24 years old. But, I I mean, it's weird. People, uh, well, I have to say, the tagline for my television shows, if people really knew how, how dangerous and bad the crime was in their cities, they wouldn't leave the house. And that's a fact. That's true. There is a certain amount of denial that you have to have to be a human in 2023 um, because you wouldn't get up and put your clothes on and go outside (laughs) if you you just dealt in what appeared to be reality. I get that, but I also don't get this relentless, like, you know, lollipop land. That's how we stay stuck where we are. We have to take our medicine. If you don't take your medicine, uh, you the apathy will just grow because people will just pretend like, oh, yeah, everything's great. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I don't mean to be glib about this at all. I, I almost died. And I think if he recovers, it will be the most liberating thing that's ever happened to him. Because when you're in the hospital and people are looking at you like you're not going to make it, like I didn't need CPR but they looked at me like the whole staff, dude, like the whole medical staff, nurses, doctors, techs, everybody was like, oh, my God, how are you like alive? My blood pressure was through the roof. My pulse was through the roof. The dude in the ambulance, the EMT was pretty much like, have you been doing recreational drugs? And it was it was how he said it. It didn't come out quite like recreational drugs. And I was like, oh, you think I'm on crack? He was like, ma'am, you're you're a. Uh, heart rate is just sky high and like all these people are just staring at that number because you know when you're in a hospital the the machinery is behind you and so all these people were like staring at my blood pressure number like oh my god and um you know the first time I went to see my doctor that I picked to go to with this disease to try to help me cure myself he was like I'm just not sure why your head's not popping off I mean, he was just really super negative, and I stayed with him like 10 years, but I recovered, and I wanted him to know I was recovered. But, yeah, he's going to have a long journey ahead of him. And people die, and it's sad. People die every day. There's a 24-year-old black male that died uh, probably in St. Louis last night. I don't know. I don't get it. But, you know, it's not my job. I uh, all I do is see what I see and share it with you guys and um, yeah it's not gonna all be pretty but that doesn't mean it can't all benefit us in some way you need to learn how to enjoy your life because you absolutely don't know when the last moment is and he clearly loved football or he wouldn't have been out there so if that was his last act he died doing something that he loved and in a way that's really beautiful because there are a lot of people who are trudging through this life and they are miserable and they have no compunction about letting you know how miserable they are. And uh, that's just no way to live. As tired as I am right now, I'm still joyous about being alive. And I know that there's a solution. 
So we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, pray for us because I need my sleep. I really, I really can't go on like this. All right, everyone, be your best. And to Damar Hamlin, I really hope that, uh, I really hope it wasn't as bad as it looked and that you can return to your life healthy and well, young man. I really do. 24 is really young to die. It's really young to be that sick. He, he is going to have a tough row to hoe, as my dad would say. And, um, yeah, I love football, and this is always part of it that, you know, you again, it's deniability. I don't think about this when I'm watching football, but, you know, Ryan Shazier for the Steelers, what happened to him? I know um, I didn't see the Daryl Stingley game, but he, that one was always the one that's stuck out in my childhood. The man got paralyzed on the field. Like, yikes, that is so scary. It's a dangerous way to make a living. And we need to always be reminded of that and be mindful of that. So thank you for listening. Again, keep us lifted up. I need my sleep and I need a solution. And I I know that God's going to get us one because I will not be doing this for 2023. I just will not be doing this. All right, everybody, be your best. Thank you so much for listening. Again, check out those articles. I'm going to be posting more on um, madlovepodcast.com. The blog is called Thoughts. Even uh, thinking about setting up a sub stack, doing a little newsletter. These these numbers you need to know. It does us no good to deny. We have to embrace that our medical system is not prepared and that our, our families are going to have to step up and learn these skills and techniques, and we're not prepared either. So check out those articles. Um, they're designed to persuade you to take action. Not to make you feel bad, but it's coming whether you uh, acknowledge it or not. These baby boomers, we're we're about to be, I think it was like one in three people are going to be over 65 in America. That's a lot of people. And our our system is failing right now. All those people who retired during COVID, you know, and you can't find people to take their place. Yipes. All right. Be encouraged. Just don't be unrealistic. That's not my word. I don't like that word, but I don't know what else to call it. You know, don't deny what you can see in front of your face. And then we can start to have a real conversation about a lot of topics. All right. Take care.